Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing persuasion. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the 1971 Persuasion miniseries. You can purchase the DVD on Amazon for $13. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love to hear your thoughts. Before we get started discussing this historic adaptation, <laughs> I have to know, ladies, what you sipping? Well, I am sipping on just a lovely latte that my husband made for me. Um, I think it's a vanilla lavender latte, and mm-hmm. it's quite nice since we are recording in the morning, which is not what we normally do. It's a good little pick-me-up to make sure I have that extra yeah. boost of caffeine to, you know, really adequately describe my feelings about this adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> It is true. We can have caffeine right now. It's amazing. Uh, the caffeine junkie in me is super happy. I am currently sipping on an international delight, caramel macchiato iced coffee. Um, normally, I am an iced mocha gal, but they substituted my Kroger order. So I got a caramel macchiato instead of the iced mocha. That sounds pretty good, though. Yeah, I... I was a huge fan, if you are a Starbucks person, of the iced coconut milk mocha macchiato that they had Mm, that they have now discontinued, and I am very upset about. Um, So this is kind of comparable. You know, I really liked that one, and and the drink I'm about to recommend to you is different, but have you had the chocolate cream cold brew? I don't think I have. You know, I felt like it was really good. I think you might like it. It's worth a shot. It doesn't okay. have the coconut, but it's like a very like kind of creamy, chocolatey kind of thing. So you might like it. I am a fan of things creamy and chocolatey. Uh, so I will definitely be be trying that. Well, ladies, I am also getting my little caffeine kick in here. Um, I actually have an iced tea. I know to some that is just... <laughs> blasphemy but what can i say it's half sweet half unsweet from uh, oh, a fast food place this morning <laughs> <laughs> austin uh brought me breakfast in bed as i finished this adaptation Aww. this morning yeah it was really nice okay wait i want to know where he got you breakfast from that he got you iced tea as the beverage chick-fil-a <laughs> <laughs> not an iced coffee or a frosted no. coffee? No, I know this is like going to sound probably very weird to some people drinking iced tea in the morning, but I've always been a person in the mornings. I have water, orange juice, coffee, and only if I'm going to Chick-fil-A, I get a sweet tea because I don't oh like goodness. their any of their mm. coffee beverages. Are you saying that those are the drinks that you will drink in the morning or are you saying that those are like that's the order that you have your beverages in in the morning? Oh, no. I'm so sorry. The only drinks I will drink in the morning are water, orange juice, or coffee. Okay. Unless, okay. and only unless, we're getting Chick-fil-A, in which case I'll go the tea route because I, I don't like their coffee. Mm. 
Okay, I feel yeah. that's fair. I don't like their regular coffee yeah. or their mm-hmm. iced coffee. It has to be the frozen coffee, and I have to add vanilla to it. Oh my gosh, I love yeah. the mocha cream cold brew. I don't know that they really do that anymore, but it's like one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah, I think they discontinued that, which I think is why I switched to the tea. Also, I know that's just like probably so weird for people to hear, like... It just really reaffirms the fact that I grew up in the South that I'm freaking <laughs> iced tea yeah. in the morning. I could I think never. We need so to, wrong. I think we need to clarify. It's iced sweet tea. Well, it's it's a half and half. Oh, it's half and half? Okay. Julia, regular sweet tea is too strong for me and Julia. So we drink half sweet tea, <laughs> half unsweet tea. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but this exactly. isn't like iced English breakfast tea. I think we need to clarify that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. I mean, it is a black tea that's iced, though. So, you know. <laughs> I was also just going to say uh, for Lori, if you wind up not loving this new drink that you're trying as well, I have started doing a thing. I love the cold foam drinks from Starbucks. Mm, so good. And I've started just using the uh, like foamer that comes with my latte machine to foam my coffee creamer and put on top of my like cold brew coffee brilliant and it is delightful so just wanted to mention that i am walking into a kroger today which is something i have not done in a long time um but we did not have time to do the pickup order so Mm -hmm. i'm walking in and i can like look and see what they have on the shelves which is really good because i'm gonna say this now i'm claiming it i'm manifesting this in my life for next time um if you know me you know i live and breathe diet mountain dew right not great for me i know don't come for me but it tastes good right mountain dew has come out with an alcoholic version that sounds so dangerous and I know I'm I'm having flashbacks to Four Locos, but I cannot. They have it at Kroger, but you cannot add it to your pickup order. So for weeks, because it's dangerous. <laughs> for weeks, it's been taunting me. I can see it online, but it says you know like in store only. So I'm going in stores today to pick up other groceries. I will find it. I'm manifesting this for myself. I just need to try it once. That's it. Just once. I well, I cannot describe to you the amount of head shakes <laughs> that are coming for me right now. Just a no for the audio. It's a constant head shake. You know, Lori, best of luck on your endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from dangerous beverages. Uh, Lori, Julia, what did you guys think of the 1971 adaptation of Persuasion? Honestly, I was pleasantly surprised, and that might shock some people uh, from my opinions of other adaptations that we've gone through, but I I finished watching it last night. Um, I was crocheting while I watched it. Hello, old soul. Um, And I surprisingly really enjoyed it. There was definitely some parts that were a little slow um, that... I was tempted and did at certain times, you know, skip 15 seconds ahead um, just to kind of cut out some of that. I mean, it is the way I watched it was in two, basically two and a half hour chunks um, is how it's kind of presented nowadays. 
And so yeah, it's a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was very well done. Um, I liked the characters. I do have some comments and thoughts on the set design and the costuming um, and the hair. We'll get to that. But mm. overall, I really liked it. You know, I was surprised by this adaptation as well. Um, it's the first mini series that we've gotten of mm-hmm. Persuasion. And with the mini miniseries of Austin, I feel like there always comes the opportunity for you to see everything that the movies typically leave out, you know? So we did get some more moments with Mrs. Smith, who is sometimes just like totally cut out. Um, we did get to watch the Musgrove family talk about their brother who Captain Wentworth works with on um, his ship. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like we finally got to see some of those moments come on screen, which was, which was nice. Um, But I I thought it was very slow. It was (laughs) the pacing was not my favorite. Um, I, I see the value that it has, but it was, definitely not my favorite adaptation and I feel like for me the 95 got what I wanted in terms of like staying true to the book while maintaining kind of the pacing that you need to stay interested in a like film version if that makes sense yeah that makes sense I when I watched it I also was watching it on 1.25 speed um you could not tell a difference helped. between that and the normal. Honestly, nope. there was it, there was certain times where it was a little jumpy. Um, obviously, you're watching it at 1.25 speed, but it definitely helped. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why I wasn't like, kill me now. This is so slow. I really liked this adaptation. Uh, I thought it was very good. It, you know, you have to overlook the fact that it is a product of the time that, you know, the costuming is a little strange. The pacing isn't the greatest. I actually felt like the camera work was better than the <laughs> other two. It was less shaky. It didn't want to make me throw up when I looked at it. Um, but I liked it a lot. I really liked how true to the book it was and how much of the story was incorporated. And, and yeah, it's not one that I would sit down and, and watch, you know, several times or something like that. But it satisfied that desire to see the book play out on screen because we saw so Mm. much of the book and I really really liked Mm -hmm. that part of it I think that overall you know this has a pretty good reception it has 4.1 stars out of 5 on Amazon has 6.5 stars out of 10 on IMDB you know it was generally seems to be pretty well liked I would think now if people watch it most of the time they're not liking it because of the fact that it's so old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the but costumings the- were pretty, costuming was pretty rough. Yeah. Costuming, that for me was the biggest hit here. Um, you know, when the women are walking away from the camera and you can see the zipper going down the back of the dress, it really threw me and I did not appreciate that. Also, can we talk about Anne's green plaid dress that made several appearances i did notice the green plaid dress honestly i don't ever really notice like zippers and things like that i did notice the hair 
I felt oh, like that seemed bad. slightly more egregious to me. Like Anne's hair had this like, mm-hmm. it's like up at the back made her head look kind of like oddly shaped <laughs> um, at points. But yeah, I, I feel like in terms of like cinematography, set dressing, costuming, hair, those things were not great. Didn't add to the film for me. But it wasn't so bad that it made me dislike the film, mm-hmm. which yeah. has happened before. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like that's that's a win. Um, also, I made this joke. It was filmed in 1971 and like Woodstock happened for the first time in, in 69. So it's like in my brain, I was like, what if these were going on at the same time? It's like <laughs> everyone is wow. like at Woodstock, like doing drugs, listening to music. Meanwhile, the academics are filming this particular adaptation and persuasion. Just the juxtaposition of the two different vibes was hilarious to me. Where would I be filming this adaptation of persuasion? (laughs) I just thought that was funny to think about. Anyway. Yeah, Beth brought up the camera, like, cinematography aspect of this. And, yeah, it's definitely better here. There was only one shot that I was kind of like okay this was definitely a product of the time when they like fast zoom in on captain wentworth Mm -hmm. um showing up in bath the first time Mm -hmm. um but otherwise like it was much better than some of the other cinematography we've seen well and there was some weird shots like it just focused on like a certain aspect of their house for a while or yeah you know took a really long time to actually get focused on the subject or whatever but overall it wasn't too bad it definitely didn't bother me like it did in other films so now that we have discussed the general vibe of the film the cinematography costuming all of those things let's talk about our Anne Elliot shall we Anne Elliot was played by another Anne uh <laughs> Anne Furbank she was actually recently last year in an episode of the tv show The Witcher as Ithlin, please forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, she was also in The Rise of Skywalker as a Tatooine elder. Um, in The Crucible in from 2014, she played Rebecca Nurse. She was in the TV show Midsummer Murders as Felicity Law. Uh, and she's been in quite a few other TV shows as well as playing Lady Bradley in the 1999 Anna and the King. So what did you all think of Anne Furbank's interpretation of Anne Elliot. I liked her. Um, at first, I was kind of hesitant, I guess. Um, but I kind of came to really like her portrayal of Anne. Um, you can definitely see her growth throughout the miniseries, um, her becoming a little more outspoken, um, you especially get those scenes between her and Mrs. Russell towards the end where she's kind of being a little more forward and putting her foot down um, about Captain Wentworth and their relationship. But Anne's portrayal of Anne, I really liked overall. (laughs) Um, I thought she balanced that line very well. And especially for, you know, a miniseries and comparing it to some of the other versions we've seen the little bits of her not talking to the camera and it not just like being voices outside of her head when we're trying to like hear her inner thoughts I thought were done very well um like a couple times she'll 
be completely alone and give an aside um, to kind of express what's in her head, but she's never looking directly at the camera. <laughs> so, you know, it it's believable. And I overall, I just really enjoyed it. I agree. I didn't like her at first. I felt like she wasn't giving very much. And mm-hmm. it was just like, okay, you just look like kind of unemotive and I don't know what's going on but as the film progressed and I think it is nicer with the longer ones too you kind of it grows on you as you watch it um but as the film progressed I started to really like her and I liked her portrayal a lot and by the end Mm -hmm. I thought she was an awesome Anne I thought she did a really good job of handling all those complex emotions um I feel like staying true to the character there were little things that she did that kind of displayed her feelings for Wentworth. I mean, it is like all a little bit over the top at points, I think because of the time that it was made, um, you know, Oh no, don't leave the concert. Like being so upset about that. But overall, yeah, I thought she did a great job. I liked the character. It was hard to get past the hair. Uh, but besides that, I, I liked this version of Anne. I also think that one thing about like the first half Anne, especially like I would say the first 20 minutes where Anne is with her uh, dad and sister and they're trying to figure out everything with the estate. Anne is kind of like maybe a little bit more bland and boring, but I feel like looking back, that makes so much sense because Anne is bored, right? Like she doesn't really (laughs) like her family very much. So it makes sense that we wouldn't see a lot of true Anne because that's kind of how it is in the book. Um, I also didn't love her the beginning too, though, because one of the very early conversations between Lady Russell and Anne, they're talking about Wentworth and Anne says that she decided partially to reject Wentworth because she thought it was her duty to like give him space to like make a name for himself. And so she's like, oh, yeah, it was you, Lady Russell, but I also have this ulterior motive to say no. And I was like, bruh. No, no, that is not true. So that moment made me really worried about like how the next three hours were going to go, if they were going to stay true to uh, the book or not. But I was very pleasantly surprised that I feel like that was one of the only small uh, divergences they made from the story. And like in the big scheme of things, I feel like you do really see that Anne like totally regrets that um, Mm -hmm. and does eventually kind of, you know, place more of the blame on Lady Russell a little bit. Um, But I really, really liked Anne Furbanks Anne. Um, I think that she navigated all of Anne's interpersonal relationships so well, like the way she interacts with her sister Mary and her brother-in-law and Wentworth and Louisa and Henrietta, like all of those relationships, I feel like she navigates in a way that is just so true to the way I imagine Anne navigating those relationships. Um, So I really, really liked that. Um, I thought she had good chemistry with the actor who played Wentworth. You know, like you guys mentioned, sometimes things were a little bit over the top. The one thing that I didn't love, you know, Lori, you mentioned that there's like no direct looks at the camera and that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, which I agree. I was glad that wasn't here. I've had enough of that. (laughs) Um, But she would do this thing where she would just kind of like look at the camera I honestly did not love those moments. Sometimes it worked, but there were a couple of times where the faces that she would make just like did not read to me 
uh, did not read clearly to me, you know, like the faces that she was making, I didn't feel like match the emotions that I thought she was supposed to be feeling. So there were a couple of moments where I was like, mm, that's the, the, that half smirk is what you're going with here. Like I, I didn't love it, but again, that's like, a, that's me picking at the minutia because overall I really did like this. And especially because I felt like she made it really clear that she was so calm under pressure and she's just like so well put together, but she's still like independent and thoughtful and all of those things that Anne's supposed to be. So I loved this Anne. I guess I missed those little moments at the camera. Um, looking back, it I wasn't, think oh no, where. it wasn't at the camera. I guess I should explain that better. It was, she would have moments where they would focus on her face and she would just kind of be like looking off oh, and they would just okay. kind of like zoom mm-hmm. in on her face. And sometimes the expressions she was making, I felt like didn't match the moment for me personally. Okay. But again, that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so let's talk about that Wentworth. Wentworth was played by Brian Marshall, Captain Frederick Wentworth. And he, uh, in 2012, was in the TV miniseries The Moody's as Cora's uncle. He was in the show Stingers as Kepter. He was in uh, the movie Selkie as Malcolm. Um, and he's been in a few other TV shows since then. So what did you all think of Brian Marshall's Captain Frederick Wentworth? I really liked this Captain Wentworth. At first, I thought, you know, when he's introduced to everyone and he comes um, that Maybe he was a bit too forward, uh, a bit too bubbly personality, but I did like it because you can kind of see him trying to force himself to, you know, be more engaged with Louisa, as he says later on. Um, My kind of with Anne, my admiration for this Captain Wentworth grew uh, as the miniseries went on, I definitely liked his portrayal in the concert scene, which can we all say, I thank God that that man oh did gosh. not bust out of there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Also, just very quickly, I have to say, I think it's really funny. There were some moments where people were, like Beth mentioned, like a little overdramatic, like soap opera-y, just a, a little bit. <laughs> but for whatever reason, they didn't do those things that other movies do to try to like heighten the drama so like they didn't have him stand up in the middle and like exit in the middle of a concert and I've never understood what they needed to do it but I just thought it was so funny that some moments they tried to make more dramatic just with like facial expressions and long pauses but they didn't do that but I was I was so grateful it was a nice moment of just thank god (laughs) (laughs) we're sticking to the book here um Overall, like I thought his Captain Wentworth was really great. Um, I think he handled the emotional upheavals that the character goes through very well. And he is very articulate in his delivery of his lines to Anne later on. And you can really see their chemistry is really good, I think, in this adaptation as well. Yeah, I loved Wentworth in this I don't know that I felt like he was 
the most true to the book Wentworth. He was, like Laurie said, a little bit more bubbly, but I liked him a lot, and especially towards the end of the film when the romantic, you're finally getting the romantic fulfillment of them coming together. It was a lot less angst-filled than it has been in other adaptations, Mm. and I personally really appreciated that. Like They were much quicker to admit how they felt. They were both so happy. It felt like the buildup was less intense and drawn out, especially because Anne found out pretty early on that it was Binnick and Louisa that were engaged and not Frederick and Louisa, so... I liked that all a lot, and I thought that he did a really good job of portraying the character, of still kind of trying to hold on his emotions, but also showing, in very, very small moments, showing that he may still have an inclination for Anne. Uh, I liked all of that a lot, and one thing that particularly like stuck out um, to me was just at the end of the film, that concert scene, and then again when he's writing the letter, both of those times when it's like finally coming to the surface, how he's feeling. Uh, I thought that the actor did a wonderful job of conveying all of the many complex emotions that are going on in those scenes. Yeah, I, I tend to mostly agree with you guys. I did enjoy this Wentworth. Didn't love the hair. Again, not his fault, though. Like hair team, you know, try a little bit harder, I guess, like in the 70s. <laughs> And 80s were just, like, not a good time for period costume and hair. Yeah. Like, we could just all The agree. 70s <laughs> hair and makeup was spewing into so the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like this Captain Wentworth. I thought, you know, I love in the first half where we really get to see why Louisa and Henrietta, two young bubbly girls, are, like, in love with this sailor. Like, it totally makes sense. <laughs> um I thought that he did kind of show us that he was like a little bitter and angry towards Anne. Um, I I didn't feel like the transition was totally smooth uh, from he's kind of bitter and angry to he's like realizing that he does like her. One scene that I did enjoy, though, was in the carriage um, when Henrietta and Anne and Wentworth are going to the Musgroves house to tell uh, the parents about Louisa's fall, the way he kind of Uh, talked to Anne and showed her that he cared about her opinion and wanted to know what she thought about how the situation should be handled. I thought that was a really sweet and like very tender moment between them. Um, In terms of like the second half of the film, I did really like the way you could see his like longing for Anne, especially in the scene where he's writing the letter, the voiceover that he did reading the letter, I thought was really, really good. One thing that I, I didn't love, um, you guys mentioned that you liked that it wasn't as like the tense or whatever as in other adaptations. And I agree mostly, but I do wish that it had been just slightly more tense than what it was because I felt like, you know, of course, Anne is supposed to know that Wentworth's not engaged, but Wentworth is also like desperately kind of like trying to figure out, okay, like is Anne definitely still open to me and like what's going on with her and Elliot. And I felt like the scene right before they enter into the opera where he's kind of like basically telling Anne that he loves her Mm -hmm. and he's like oh a man cannot get over such devotion to such a woman I felt like he was almost too casual about it Mm -hmm. and there wasn't enough like kind of like panic within his voice and so to me because it seemed almost too comfortable then later on when he sees Elliot and Anne kind of talking about the translations of the opera and he like gets so hot and bothered by it I felt like 
but you seem so confident and relaxed earlier. This transition to being like, I'm going to leave. There's nothing here for me, like, doesn't totally make sense to me. So, and, you know, that very well could be a director choice or I, I don't know. But I feel like that was my one thing with Wentworth. I thought he did a great job. But honestly, I do kind of wish that some of the moments were just like slightly more tense because like, yes, I'm glad that we all were in our right minds about who was engaged to who. <laughs> but I do think that they are supposed to be a little bit more dramatic than those moments felt to me because um, the emotions felt a little bit choppy. But that's that's my only complaint. I can I can see that. I would like to give a quick shout out to one of my favorite side characters, um, Charles Musgrove. Oh my god, this is Charles. <laughs> he was so funny. I also love this ten Mary. Out of ten. I loved Mary yes. too. I thought she was great. I don't know that this is yes, Mary Mary was great. I thought this was such a good Mary. Um and her and Charles dynamic was honestly like it's so frustrating, but in exactly the way that <laughs> it's supposed to be frustrating, you know? One character that I'm giving a shout out to, and I don't know if this is a good shout out, but Mrs. Musgrove, so wild. Um, one moment that I thought of in particular with her was that she and Anne were talking to uh, Mrs. Croft about like life on a ship and everything. And just her eyes, she obviously did not know anything Mrs. Croft was saying. Like, she didn't understand any of the words. And she would just, like, repeat things back to her. And they just made her seem so stupid. Um, And, like, just the whole movie, I felt like she was kind of like that. Just, like, very, like, doe-eyed. And anyway, I'm not necessarily making a judgment call on whether or not that was, like, a good interpretation or a bad interpretation. It was just an interesting one. That is really interesting. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the changes that were made from the book to the movie. I, I don't think that there is too many, especially because of the link of this adaptation, but let's go ahead and talk about it just a little bit. Yeah, the only ones when I was watching it that I could really pick out were just some small conversation changes um, that some conversations were had with other people um, or like slight information drops at different times. But overall, I thought this was a very accurate movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I thought it was very accurate. Um, there were a couple of things that were different. Um, I thought one thing, this was just really small, but I thought one thing that was interesting was Louisa was jumping over, like jumping down from a fence um, when they mm-hmm. were, walking through some fields and she kept saying she wanted to do it again. And they kind of foreshadowed her, her later Mm -hmm. jump Mm -hmm. and fall. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, But overall I was, I was very happy with the way they adapted it. I thought, especially the conversations with Mrs. Smith were great Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. because those are so often left out or they're there, but they're really, really cut down. So I liked that that relationship Mm -hmm. was kept intact. Yeah, me too. Um, I I also, this is another, I guess, suppose a character shout out, but I felt like this Mr. Elliot was also really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, their interpretation of him, I felt like he totally got across all of the charm. And sometimes he's a, a little too sleazy to where you're like, and would never. Mm-hmm. But like, Anne does like him genuinely. You know, she does realize that he's maybe not totally honest, but she does like him. So I thought he was a great 
Mr. Elliot. Um, the end of the movie is a little bit different. They have that whole big party scene mm -hmm. and there's just like a lot of moments that happen there that uh, don't happen in the book. And it, it's like nothing egregious, like not a giant circus in the streets or anything <laughs> like that. But uh, that moment was added just to like tie everything up. You know, most of the changes were just so minute that I feel like really the only other one that's even worth noting is just that uh, Anne's nephew breaks his collarbone in the book right before Wentworth arrives, which stops her from uh, seeing Wentworth again for the first time with her family. Um, and in this adaptation, they uh, forego that moment. Her nephew doesn't break his collarbone. There's nothing like that. So that first moment when Wentworth comes to meet all of the Musgroves, Anne is actually there. Um, I didn't really honestly miss that moment that much. Um, I did think it was interesting that they left it out because I think every other adaptation has had it in there. But of all the moments that we did get back that we've missed so much, that one to me I didn't totally mind losing. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Now that we have discussed the very minute changes that uh, were made from book to, I guess, miniseries this time, let's talk about those make it or break it. I know I have a couple, uh, but Julia, why don't you start us off? Okay, I will start us off. I have tried to cut it down, my make it and break it this time, you guys, so I don't have five. Um, honestly, though, my break it, it's just some of these long pauses. There were a lot of just very long pauses. And, and one thing that I've realized is silence can be so so powerful in a film or even tv and when you overuse it and and the silence lasts too long and you don't capitalize on it by like facial expressions or music or whatever like it just it doesn't work well for me um, and it makes things feel kind of like stilted and awkward and so I felt like the pausing mm -hmm. was the main break it for me um and again, this kind of comes back to some of those moments feeling slightly like soap opera-ish, just like the long dramatic pauses occasionally from Anne, uh, Wentworth, other characters. So honestly, it was the pauses. That was my that was my main break it. Um, my make it, just everything from the <laughs> book is there. Almost everything. And yes, it is a four-hour miniseries, but there's just something as an Austin fan about being able to sit down and just see everything from a book that you love being played out on screen, even if it's not the prettiest adaptation of all time. It's just so nice to see that. And I really did feel like Anne uh, was so true to the book and her relationships were navigated so so well so um, I guess I do have a little bit of a, a twofer there but just that everything's there and Anne is so good mm. I'm I'm glad you were able to cut it down this time <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm just teasing um, I think that my break it was the side characters you know I think that they add a lot to this out of, like to persuasion, the Crofts, um, the Musgroves, all those different like friends. Um, and I really miss them this time. I just felt like they were not as good and rich of characters. Um, even the Harvilles, we just mm. didn't get as, 
I feel like maybe we didn't get as much time with them, but also the characters weren't as developed or the actors weren't maybe as good at embodying the characters. So I think that would have to be my make it, I mean, my break it, excuse me. And then my make it is, is kind of what you said. Like, I loved seeing the whole story play out. I loved that we got the whole book, but then I also just really liked the ending with, um, Anne and Frederick, they just seemed so happy and it made me really happy. So I really mm-hmm. liked the way that this tied up, even if, if, even if it wasn't exactly accurate to the book, um, their happiness and their relationship really made the movie for me. Beth, I just have to say, I totally agree with you. I felt like the Crofts were so good in the 95 mm-hmm. that I really missed having them yeah, me too. in this 95. They were, they were they were there they just were not what I wanted them to be yeah I I think my make it is the exact same as y'all I mean the whole book is there with small changes yes but you get to see it from start to finish basically without any like crazy drastic changes where you can just sit and enjoy and there's no red flags being thrown my break it is the atrocious hair and makeup and costuming that is happening in this adaptation. I just, I can't. It looked like a lot of the actors at certain points, specifically the men, were wearing really bad wigs, like wiry-haired wigs. Drove me crazy. Um, The sideburns were extreme. Not as extreme as some of our 90s adaptations that we've seen in the past, but they were like patchy and super long. It was weird. Just look at pictures. Um, and the costuming for me, like, yes, the green plaid dress is very bright compared to the rest of the things on stage um, or on screen, I should say. But it was the blatant zipper down the back that just the inner theater and like movie person in me was screaming at the costuming department for being like, you couldn't have hidden that better. Like, at least don't shoot them directly from the back if you're going to use a zipper. Like, what? there's so many things you could have done differently there. It just really irked me every time I saw it. You guys, I finally remembered the moment that does not happen in the book that was in the movie that was plaguing me the whole time because I couldn't remember it. It is that Anne looks at Wentworth and says, I will never be persuaded by anyone again. Other than you. Oh, and it's man. Like, Patriarchy strikes again. That was tough. Lori, who would you date from this adaptation? Well, I will say I have quite uh, a few better choices in this adaptation that I'd be more inclined to date. Thank God. Um, but I will be going with our delightful, cheerful, loving Captain Frederick Wentworth. He's just so sweet in this adaptation, and I think he plays um, like the slightly more bubbly angle here um, was nice to see, but also you can see his intensity and romance towards the end that you're just like, ah, he's so sweet. <laughs> and what did you think of your drink? Okay, I, first off, I still have a good chunk of this left. Um but it's okay. Honestly, not super, like, the caramel isn't super forward in this. It kind of tastes mm. like a diluted 
mocha almost, which is weird. Um, so the flavoring here is just going all over the place. I'm going to finish it and I still have a full, well, full minus one serving jug in my fridge. So I kind of have to drink it um, or I will feel bad about wasting it. But it's not like offensive. Like I'll finish it. <laughs> what a recommendation. <laughs> Quote, not, not offensive. offensive. Uh, well, my latte was very delicious. Sorry, you cannot buy it anywhere. Just, you know. <laughs> made with my love. Husband made it with love. Yeah, it was great. Uh, he has a fancy espresso machine, so he really enjoys making beverages. Most of the time, I just get him to make me, like, black pour-over coffee. But today, I was feeling fancy, so I asked for a latte, and it was delicious. How about you, Julia? How was your how's your tea? <laughs> My tea was quite good. It really hits the spot. I feel like I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but you know what? <laughs> I could be doing so many worse things than drinking a half sweet tea I in mean, the morning. Yeah, you, know? you could like... be chugging a Red Bull. <laughs> no, I will not be. You could be that. having an alcoholic I... Mountain Dew. At Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> will not be doing ever. But um, yes, it really hits the spot. It's quite good. And you know what i i enjoy it it's like nostalgic for me somehow so Mm. well yeah i'm so glad you enjoyed it and thank you i hope that everyone else enjoyed our episode we had a lot of fun today talking about um, this adaptation of persuasion it was great to watch uh another mini series So if you enjoyed the show, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate us now on Spotify as well. You can follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod, and you can like our Facebook page, Sips and Sensibility. Next time, we are jumping from these delightful period pieces straight into the modern era with the 2020 Modern Persuasion. Uh, This movie is included with your Prime subscription on Amazon, or if you don't have Amazon Prime, it is available on Hulu. So you can, you know, pick your platform of choice. And until next time, just keep sipping, y'all.